Welcome to Subject to Blackout. Uh, my name is Timo, and with me, as always, is Mike from the Name Taken Podcast. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing good, Tim. I'm trying to get bombed so we can talk about Predator. We're going to um, do that movie justice. We are, if there's any weird, funky audio stuff, we are doing this pod live together for the first time ever. Normally, Mike is at his place and I am at mine. But Mike came over this evening because Predator was too good not to uh, not to enjoy together. It's classic. Uh, like I said, we we watched Predator this week, the 1987, uh, I would say, action adventure slash horror movie. Yeah, it, it tries to capture two two of those, I guess, what would you call them? The key trends of the 80s. Yeah. Which Arnold Schwarzenegger was a key part of both. Like the kind of sword and sorcery fantasy stuff and the Terminator action stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this this film definitely, I mean, you can feel DNA of Alien in it. Yeah. Uh, you can also feel DNA of, uh, you know, the slasher fix of the period, like Halloween and whatnot. Yep. Um, but you, I, I mean, th- you can also see elements of Arnold Schwarzenegger's like every other movie. Commando. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's a it's a very Conan. Arnold it's a very Arnold Schwarzenegger movie in yeah. hindsight. Yeah. Um, but like I said last week during the, the, that pod, this kind of transitions him in between what he was, which was like a guy who was so muscly and impressive that uh, he was just kind of put in movies, even though he couldn't speak English good. Yep. And uh, instead, this transitions to the point in his career where he then starts being a leading man in more traditional type films where it's just kind of funny that he's that muscular, like Kindergarten Cop and Jingle All the Way. And- That's true. Yeah, we were, we were talking about this be- before we started recording, but this is a transitional period between like action Arnold movies and like dad Arnold movies. Yeah. Um, and, and you can tell that, uh, you know, uh, this is a McTiernan film, uh, John McTiernan. Uh, and this is his second, uh, directorial effort. And I think you could tell that, uh, McTiernan trusted Arnold Schwarzenegger to carry this movie in a, in a way where a, a lot of other directors might not have, but I think uh, all of it turns out well. I think this movie, you know, uh, it, like we were talking about, we we spoke about this film over dinner uh, just before we started streaming this, and uh, I think that like Arnold Schwarzenegger in his career wasn't like asked to do as much as he's asked to do in this movie. Uh, t- tell me more about that. What do you mean? Well, I, again, like, uh, I just feel like, especially at the beginning. So this film opens, if you haven't seen it, this film opens and it's basically like an elite command squad being brought in to, uh, find some lost diplomats. Yeah. Uh, and normally Arnold Schwarzenegger is kind of one of the like muscle background characters. Right. And in this one, he's put in the forefront as as like the main lead of the film immediately and and carries those early scenes with a plum. Um, I I was very much impressed. Uh, this this movie has been osmosis into me through right. through culture and through seeing snippets of it here and there. Um, but this is the first time I've watched it from beginning to end. And I have to say it was pretty darn enjoyable. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's a classic. I, I do think that there's something to... Um, I mean, it sets up like a porn. This is sort of like violence or action porn in the sense that there's like five or ten minutes, ten minutes of setup, which aren't really invested in that much. Like, there's really not any world building or backstory, which is like perfectly fine. To, yeah, to be honest. And then we just sort of get into like ninety minutes of of like nonstop action in the jungle. Yeah, any backstory needed is dealt with by a a severe high clasp. Uh, in between Arnold Schwarzenegger and Carl Weathers. <laughs> yeah, man, that was super masculine. It could have been the most masculine moment of the eighties. This is the I've seen Commando. This is the second week in a row where just meme after meme keeps spawning uh from the movies that we're watching. We just watched Willy Wonka and that has like the all shucks uh theme and and you lose. <laughs> Uh, and then this one it has the the two hands coming together and it's got Carl Weathers with his arm being blown off. Yeah. These are some meme-tastic movies, and uh, there's a reason for that. That's because these are beloved films uh, that that many people have seen, and kind of, uh, you know, we use them as shorthand for, for some things. I, I clearly know what we intended, or uh, what McTiernan intended back in the day with, like, the hand clasp meme becoming <laughs> yeah, sure. quite the popular meme recently. But, um, no, I think, I think this film... I you know I was surprised I was going to say this film holds up and I I want to specifically talk about like what they do with the predator as far as uh uh sort of the design of that creature and also the special effects around his like being able to be hidden in the jungle like for 1987 that is <clears throat> they do a pretty darn good job of uh managing to make that uh like still kind of work today Tim, are you assuming his gender? Uh, they call it a him throughout the entire film. I, I don't think anybody asked. I don't think anybody it, asked. There, it. We'll revise it. I'll, I'll, they. They. It, it. It's an animal. Is it? Yeah. I think that's fair to say that it is an animal of some kind. I don't know. It can breathe air. Yeah. Uh, I guess I don't technically know that it eats food. It can laugh. It can laugh and speak English. It speaks speaks English at the end. I'm not sure it knows what it's saying. It can use tools. Obviously. And it has has technology and self-destruct buttons. So I'm willing to go out on a limb and say it may not be a man, but it is definitely a human. Yeah. Um, So what is sort of your history with this film? Because this is a film that you were very excited to watch um, because I hadn't seen it all the way through. Uh, is this a, a was this something that you watched a lot growing up, or was this just something that you've kind of come to in your adult life? No, I think <clears throat> obviously I'm this sure. is well before our time. It's from before you were born, and depending right. on when in '87, it's from uh, when I was born or or after. I mean, I think that this movie, I must have seen it when I was a teenager, but it's this this checks off a lot of my boxes for a movie that is, um authentic in the way that it's it's ridiculous and unapologetic mm-hmm. like you'll you'll have movies that will be just as ridiculous as this but we'll try and explain it as if like anything has to be justified movies like commando like predator like snakes on a plane realize that they have a ridiculous premise and that the commitment to the premise is not explaining it it's just letting it get as wild as it possibly can get so like i appreciate the authenticity of this movie is just being like a fucking ridiculous movie 
Well, I also think it's a it's a fun movie. It's one of those few movies that like pivots mid movie in between two different types of movie. Yeah. I mean, you have that opening scene where, uh, you know, you, you speak about Commando and I um, there's also uh, 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 First Blood. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, there's a lot of these like what feel like <laughs> Vietnam like revenge movies where yeah. like someone's <clears throat> thrown into a jungle and then they have to like kill all the people who, who aren't white. <laughs> um and that's how this movie kind of starts out is they just kind of like I mean, there's there's bits of horror at the beginning when they yeah. find the three corpses in the trees. Um, and obviously, I kind of wish the movie didn't open up with the alien spaceship, <laughs> but that's fine because it would be cooler if the predator was just like, what the fuck is happening? But right. it's like you kind of expect the predator to come. Um, but no, uh, back to my original point is like this opens up as a pretty traditional like shoot up the jungle type movie and um like that that is something that you would expect more traditionally out of uh arnold schwarzenegger film and you know there's this series of badasses uh that get thrown apart badasses slash governors of states yeah there are two governors two future governors in this movie the governor and jesse the body ventura for those counting at home and then all of a sudden like after they kind of realized that they were not sent on a rescue mission, but sent on a mission to destroy like this. And again, it's not in Vietnam, even though it seems like it's in Vietnam. I guess it's in some South American country. Um, Yeah, it's in it's in like Colombia or Nicaragua or something. Somewhere where there are guerrillas that were associating with. Yeah, and associating with uh, the Russians because there are Russians uh, at the site. Right. So they kill all those people and they realize that they've kind of been fooled and then like stuff starts adding up and and a couple characters start to realize like a we're being followed or tracked. Um, Some of the stuff that we've seen in the jungle doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And that's where it kind of transitions, I think, in that scene where like because it had been previously foreshadowed like a bunch of guys who had been in a crashed helicopter just started shooting in the jungle indiscriminately. And somehow one of the characters knows that's what they were doing. Yeah. Cause he can like sense everything. Um, like, yeah. Is that like a native American? It's yeah. It, native it American, feels, right? yeah. It feels yeah. like a stereotype oh, God, of native Americans like yeah. trackers. Um, so anyway, they do, they see that. And then later on, they basically recreate the exact same thing by yeah. just firing indiscriminately yeah. into the jungle. That's great. And that's like the moment where it's like, oh, this is a horror film now. <laughs> like, uh, you know, the guy who always talking about sex, uh, that that is one for one with someone who who's <clears throat> had sex in a horror film. Yeah. So he's immediately down. killed. Yeah. Uh, Shane Black, who would go on to direct, uh, I think, two years ago, uh, a different Predator movie, The Predator. Um, but he, he, uh, immediately gets killed. They kill off both of the black characters. Um, the girl lives and the main white guy lives. And, uh, that's pretty much it. And that's, that's pretty horror movie trope type, uh, area. Yeah. You need, you need a couple people from the first movie to go on to be in the second movie. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I, I, it's one of those, like I was saying, one of those rare movies where that transition to a different type of movie gets made. And that's what makes this film, I think, interesting even to today, you know, 34 years later. Yeah. Is that it's not just 
I mean, we just got done watching Fast and the Furious movies. And that's a those are movies that even when they're at their best, they do one thing and they do it like five times in the movie. Yes. Um, this could have been one of those things like we have to shoot our way into this group and then we have to shoot our way out of this group. But like the transition, I mean, so much of this early part of this movie is just machismo and manliness and and just a bunch of dudes being dudes. Yeah, everyone's just like jacked in the fucking jungle. <laughs> just jacked 80s dudes in the jungle. Uh, talking about sex and dipping <laughs> and, yeah. you know, shooting guns. And it's just so heavily like 1980s masculine. Yeah. Arnold's like, don't give away our position as he's like lighting a cigar. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's a lot of that. Uh, where like a guy is theatrically whispering like, if you're loud again, I'll kill you. It's like you're being loud right now. Um, but then... All of that masculinity is just completely impotent in the second half. And all of the people who showed like those uh, traditional like manly shoot 'em up movie traits get killed off because none of that matters when facing off with the predator. Yeah. What, what matters is your brains and your problem solving skills and your ability to keep, you know, your wits about you. Which apparently Arnold Schwarzenegger has. Yeah. Who knew? Who knew? Um, I also, uh, did a little bit of research before watching the film, but, uh, we were speaking briefly about, uh, Shane Black, who also went on to direct a movie kind of sort of in this, this franchise. And, uh, Shane Black was, I believe a writer by trade, not much of an actor. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I heard that he basically was hired because the script was not where like McTiernan or the studio wanted it. Okay. <laughs> so he was hired to be a guy on set to write like one liners and like quick little quips. So is that where his dumb jokes came from? Yeah, he's just like spicing oh, wow. up the script. I know that. I, I think one of his is the the Jesse the Body Ventura line. <laughs> like, hey, man, you're bleeding. I ain't got time to bleed. Like he was just there to fill in the script and just make it like my favorite. My favorite, uh, actually, Jesse Ventura line. And I hope this is where it comes from. Is uh, on the subject of chaw, like chewing tobacco. Yeah, uh, makes you a goddamn sexual tyrannosaurus, <laughs> which makes no sense. All right. I've, nice. I've used tobacco products in my life, and none of them have made me a, a, a dinosaur of sex of any kind. Yeah. Um, they've just made me feel slightly better than I felt before I started using them. I'm like <laughs> it, it None of them made me feel like a gallimimus. Not not a single one. Uh, yeah. No. I uh, I I love that line. Jesse the Body Ventura is just. All awesome. his goal was to have all of the best one-liners in the film. He's also wearing an MTV shirt for whatever reason. <laughs> you wouldn't think I Jesse just, the Body Ventura would be <sighs> big into MTV. So I don't think it, that's a military issue shirt right there. Not, well, when we get introduced to these characters, none of them are wearing military issue clothes. Yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger is wearing a red polo, and then he has the audacity to go to a dashing Carl Weathers and be like, what's with the tie? Right. It's like, what's with the red polo guy in the middle of some South American country? Yeah, no, I, uh, I especially like that. I love that the two-star general was just immediately, like, put in his place by these two guys who I forget their ranks, but Carl Weathers and Arnold Schwarzenegger are 
way outranked by this two-star general. And he just quietly sits in the corner and is like, well, you guys figure it out. I'll just be over here. Yeah, you guys are ripped. <laughs> I don't want to say anything to make you mad because you might murder me with, with your muscles. One of the things that's interesting with the movie, I guess, is like you said, that it has it uses these horror tropes and having like an ensemble cast where it's, it's not quite like a bottle. Yeah. You're able to move around, but it's wall to wall emotional nuance. Everybody has to interact with each other and play off of each other. It's like basically how they're running the show. So it is interesting that they're doing like a horror movie out, out in the jungle. Um, but on the other hand, there were a lot of like liberties and changes that happened through the course of it. Like, people suddenly being able to speak English that did not speak English for the entire movie. Yeah, right? that was weird. I was not expecting that. <laughs> uh, uh, so that was, that was something that I thought was really funny. I, for, I, I kind of forgot that that came into play. Um, and the predator itself is like an interesting thing. First, the first thing about the predator that I'm, I'm actually not sure, like who, who was the hunted and who is the hunter? If they had just like shut the fuck up, and like left the predator alone, would the predator have gone after them? Because it seems like they were all just going after the predator. Well, I had a very similar question. Uh, I would say that the predator, predator, the predator instigates things by killing Shane Black's character. Yeah, because he was not doing anything terribly threatening, and and just about that appears to be yeah. Um, maybe well, he just didn't like his sense of yeah. humor. Um. But yeah, no, that appears to be the inciting incident for everything. Uh, but yeah, I mean, my my very similar question was if they had put down their weapons, because Arnold Schwarzenegger is convinced that the Predator isn't going after the, the woman mm -hmm. because she's unarmed and she's not a threat. Yeah, they keep they keep making theories throughout the movie. And they're all wrong. They're like, oh, no. If you have no weapons, it just like kills you really fast. Yeah, that was, and that's we what I thought. I was like, if, but it does not go after the woman as <laughs> far as I can tell. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, if you actually think that's how it works, why aren't you putting down your weapons and just being like, hey, we give up. We don't want to play. <laughs> like, right. I understand you're doing a thing out here, but like, I don't want to be a part of it. Because um, if that's what you really believe, then that's what you should immediately be doing. Not unloading all of your magazines into the middle of the jungle at where it just was. Yeah. That's just me personally. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm weird. I, I like the idea of everybody just sort of like suddenly shooting into the jungle. Just like hating trees. Like, fuck these trees. They downed some shit. That was also impressive too. Like, I don't know where they filmed or if they filmed on location, but it yeah. seems like a lot of that jungle stuff was filmed in, in a the jungle. jungle. Yeah. You know, I kept looking for sets and I didn't see any. No, no. There, there's uh, one other thing that I, I noticed. I have, I mean, I haven't watched this movie in several years, so I, this is the first time this is significant, but did you, do you remember the name of the, like, so Arnold Schwarzenegger and his team are, led to believe that they're going to um, like track down and rescue this like previous like strike team. Yeah. Do you remember the name of the person who they were going to track down? Like the leader of the group? Was it Hogan? No. 
But that name, so I'm I'm predicting the end of Stranger Things right now. Oh, Hopper. Jim Hopper. It was Jim Hopper. Yeah. So I mean obviously Timeline is timeline fits. 1987. I oh so and the Stranger Things dies in the jungle from the Predator. I mean, that'd be cool. Stranger Things Extended Universe. I'm calling it now. And so the Russians were also at that site, and the Russians were the ones who picked up Jim Hopper at the right. end of the last season. Predator's upside down. I kind of want Netflix to get Predator rights to do that. Right? <laughs> Am I wrong? No, no, I mean that'd be that'd be super fun. Wrong. So I did notice that. I forgot that it was Jim Hopper, but yep. I was like, oh, I immediately because so much of that series is just 1980s motifs. Like you hear someone say Hawkins at some point too. By the way, I'm just saying. Maybe they were going to Sadie's Hawkins stands. I don't remember. Hawkins, Indiana. Um just saying you're just saying just a lot saying of things. i'm just you know i'm just asking questions just just, just, just saying questions. is a trigger phrase for questions. me <laughs> makes me blind with rage um no i uh i i think that would be super fun if you could somehow get predator rights and just incorporate that but like he was like a delta force or Delta Strike Team guy who, like, everybody knew. Like, everybody in that film was like, oh, I know fucking Jim Hopper, and Jim Hopper got skinned. Also, that'd be a fucked up thing to do to Jim Hopper. It, Wouldn't that like, be tight, though? Basically be next fucking year. Fucking metal. Like, 11, 11 has only had him as, like, a normal parental figure, and then you're just gonna skin him alive? <laughs> you don't know. Maybe he had to go out there to try and take down Predator, because, like, 11 did some fucked up shit, and then... And then he dies. And then Arnold Schwarzenegger is her new dad. You were, you were. And then Arnold Schwarzenegger has to get her this action figure for Christmas. Otherwise, his wife's going to be super pissed. It's a boy in the movie. Um, but back to. Uh, and he fights Sinbad. <laughs> we, back, remember that guy? Yeah. Sinbad? Yeah, of course I remember Sinbad. Everybody remembers Sinbad. We all saw him blank check. Um, was he in blank check? I don't know. He was in Jingle All the Way. He was in. Uh, he was just around in the nineties. Yeah, he around. was. He was in a lot of weird kids movies too. Yeah, yeah. good for Simbad. Um, no, back to your Stranger Things theory. You were mad that I assumed the masculine gender for the Predator. Yeah. What if the Predator is eleven? That would be excellent. She goes to the the upside down and gets transformed into this horrific beast, and then all of a sudden she kills her own father. I want this. Turns him inside out. <clears throat> I want this because they're you know that like Netflix is doing everything they can to fuck up Stranger Things by like focus grouping it right now. This is the <laughs> best the best way to end it is to make it brutal. <laughs> yeah, I mean that series is nice. Um, it's like, it's not the greatest television going right now, but it, I mean, it's up against some stiff competition, but yeah, it does feel like, well, where, where does this series go? Like how many more times can the upside down, like come upside down? Predator. Um, predators, predator is a, a definitive, definitive way to end that. Good shit. out. Yeah. Well, I, I definitely think you're on to something. Uh, I, I do too. So yeah, you're right. Let's take a little break here, and we'll be right back with more. Next week on Subject to Blackout. 
After some discussion about our favorite campy proto-superhero films, such as The Mummy with Brendan Fraser, The Mask of Zorro with Antonio Banderas, and Tim Burton's Batman films, Mike demanded that we revisit The Phantom. Don't remember The Phantom? Well, The Phantom is a 1996 Australian-American superhero film starring Billy Zane. Don't remember who Billy Zane is? Well, he was the bad guy in Titanic. Still don't remember him? He played himself in Zoolander. He's a cool dude. Both Mike and I remember seeing this in theaters, but I honestly don't remember basically anything about this film, which makes sense because it was a box office bust, but has since developed a cult following. So if you'd like, please join us as we stream The Phantom for free on Pluto TV as we see if this cult status is justified. All right, Mike, well, we're back and we just talked about 1987's Predator. Uh... Any final thoughts? I, I I'll go first. Good. I think this is a good film. I I think this is a <clears throat> film worth watching. I think it is suspenseful. The second half is barely filled with dialogue. Um, it's extremely entertaining because it takes you places you don't expect the first half of the movie to take you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Arnie's really great in it. Uh, I think Carl Weathers, uh does the acting job of his career when his arm gets blown off man yeah his his blown off arm keeps shooting for like a while it's like bang <laughs> a minute bang 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 yeah. rigor mortis set in immediately and he just started firing indis- well he didn't his arm started firing indiscriminately into yeah. the ground um but no i uh there is a lot of it that is super 1980s like the the two star general just kind of plays a very nineteen eighties authoritarian figure who right. comes in and then immediately backs away. Right. <laughs> like, um, but no, I I think this was a super fun movie, and I'd recommend it to anybody who uh, has not seen it. I mean, there are two things about this movie that for me make it really enjoyable, and they are also related to some of the big criticisms that I have of like the types of things that are coming out of streaming services now that this movie doesn't over explain anything. No, we know, we know that Arnold Schwarzenegger and Carl Weathers have a history, but we don't have to tolerate a bunch of different flashbacks throughout the movie to see what that history is because it doesn't actually matter. It does not matter to the plot. No, we also like don't have a bunch of extended world building. There's no one that comes along and explains what the predator is because it doesn't matter. We actually don't need to know what the Predator is in order for there to be suspense or anything to be interesting. Yeah, my whole biggest problem with the Predator is that I know he has an alien ship that sent him down. Right, yeah. Which is just knowing more about him. I don't need that. Yeah. And yeah, so like I think a lot of stuff now, again, because it's sort of like focus group and because people in, in focus groups are all brain damaged, that like you assume that you have to explain everything but the truth is leaving a lot of stuff out is what makes movies compelling and like creates opportunities for an audience to meet the filmmaker's vision with their imaginations yeah. in the middle. and like this is a movie that allows that kind of relationship to take place yeah i there's i was recently watching uh a best of the worst from uh red letter media and they were making fun of one of the terrible films that they were watching because every time a character went to a new location, they showed them driving to that location. They're yeah. like, I can I can fill that information. man. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and yeah, this movie does not handhold as much as contemporary film yeah. and, and just bad film usually does. 
Um, and I think that's a credit to McTiernan. I think so. This McTiernan series, if we can call it that, mm-hmm. um, it's not going to be like Fast and the Furious where we're just knocking them out one after the other. Right. But uh, I want to revisit as many McTiernan films as is as is reasonable over the next couple of months, because I think that guy might in hindsight be, um, you know, like there there were always big name directors, but like mm-hmm. there there was the 90s and the 2000s where it was like. And it continues to today to some point, although the Marvel movies has kind of taken it over mm-hmm. and, and moved it back. But it was like, you go see a movie because it's this director. Like and like today, I said, they're Jerry Bruckheimer, uh, Steven Spielberg, Steven Spielberg, uh, 90s. Sure. Yeah. George Lucas, uh, dual criterion collection. Um, Michael Bay, Michael Bay. Yeah. Uh, you would go see a movie Tim because Burton. like, yeah, I know this director. And I feel like in hindsight, like, McTiernan didn't do a certain type of film, but I, like looking back on his filmography as a director, he didn't make bad movies. He made pretty darn good movies. Yeah. And I, I think um, apparently he's a bit of an ass. He, he was he was in jail or is in jail for some non sex crime stuff. So okay. it's it's just, you it's know, fine. it's just normal crime stuff. Um. So he's not canceled. He's just in jail. Yeah. Uh, But like, I think he didn't have the greatest reputation in the industry. Mm -hmm. So people don't necessarily regard him in the high esteem. Right. But I mean, he just makes bangers. And and for a second movie, this is 1987 second movie directed. This is polished. Yeah. Really, really well polished. Yeah, it, it works. It works just fine. And we're. We're still talking about it. It's still a fun movie. Yeah. 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 I, I, so I also, uh, watched it in, in 4k, um, with, uh, I'm assuming, which is the streaming version of the, the Blu-ray, uh, you know, upscaling from the mm-hmm. original film. It looked fantastic. Yeah. Just looked beautiful. Um, well shot, yeah. especially like when that helicopter is landing in the first couple of scenes. Yeah. Um, and then they just like cut to outside the helicopter. The helicopter is entirely in silhouette and they're all getting out and throwing out their bags and shit. Yeah. And then you just have Arnie lighting up the cigar while the sun's setting. It's like, wow, this is really beautiful for this dumb action movie. Yeah. You know, the part the part that I'm sure looks really good, too. I, for, I forgot about mentioning this, but did it surprise you at all how easily Nicaraguan Contras could just like catch on fire? Uh, and not a lot of people 4K. know. Not a lot of people know this, but uh, Contras uh, douse themselves in flammable chemicals before every single event. Every so. like every single death was like a fire death. Yeah, uh, I didn't know there was that much uh, to catch on fire yeah. in a Contra military camp. Yeah, but apparently in, like, there a, was a rainforest where it's like damp. And fortunately, go up in flames. Fortunately, none of the parts where either the one woman or the the uh, two hostages were, those parts were non-flammable. So that yes. was good. That's good. It was good planning by Arnie and his crew. That's why they're the best. Um, but yeah, I, I thought there was... Uh, it was very funny to me 
how much exploded in that camp, how much everything immediately caught on fire. And then the bamboo, the thatch, it all just like, oh, and by the way, they totally killed that other hostage. They're like, the other hostage is dead. Bang. They got to him. It's like you were shooting indiscriminately <laughs> everywhere. You murdered that guy and you're like, wasn't us. <laughs> like that, that 100% was you. You were the only one shooting. That was that was deeply American. I mean, the other thing that was deeply American was like, oh, there were like some CIA guys in here. Well, just oops, scrub it, <laughs> scrub it. Make sure nothing's here. Clean up the evidence. It's fine. Yeah. Well, that was uh, 1987's Predator, and if you haven't seen it, uh, I'd highly recommend it. All right, Mike. Uh, is there anything else that you have been playing, watching, reading this week that you'd like to talk about? I'm excited for the Skyward Sword HD remaster on Friday, but that's about it. Is that a Link of Zelda? Game? That's a Link of yeah, that's right, Mom. That's a <laughs> that's a Zelda, and uh, it's it's the one that came out on the Wii before uh, before Breath of the Wild. Gotcha. It's like the anti Breath Breath of the Wild. It's just like it's like very little exploring, lots of dungeons. It's gonna be tight, maybe. I uh, did not finish it. It's a, like the only Zelda game I didn't finish because the motion controls pissed me off. But now here I am 10 years later. Even more of an adult. Got a lot of free time. Still don't have a job. Well, you have a job next week. I have not a job next week. But yeah, so I'm going to tear that up. Uh, yeah, as someone who has played one Zelda game. Well, two. I played I played the original Zelda. You um, played Twilight Princess. The original Zelda is from like 1980. I played the one that was on the original Nintendo. Oh, you did? Really? In the gold cartridge. Did you really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my neighbor across the street when I was growing up had it. So I don't I don't even know if I technically played it. I know that I at least watched him play. I don't know if I played it. Um, but I, I saw someone play that in person. And then I played the one that came out on Wii when the Wii dropped. Yep. Uh, and I never finished that. Right. And I... I got stuck in a loop that I could not get out of, right. and I never played the game again. So that's that's, that's my that's experience with Link. Yeah. So uh, have not played that game very much, or those games. I mean, much. I would give you my my Switch, but I'm not going to upgrade because the current upgrade option is stupid. That's fair enough. So, well, we'll we'll find we'll find a three day we'll find like a long weekend somewhere where we can just cram Breath of the Wild. from what i've seen it looks very complex very open world yeah he's running around very intimidating yeah all right well yeah let's we'll we'll prove me wrong all right uh what have you been doing so i i was on this leftovers kick and i watched episode one of season three okay and we talked about this and that's that's where we left off and i have gotten zero percent further i've been a little busy at work a little busy uh uh personally and uh, i know that the show is ending so i know i have to like pay attention because however this very uh like intricately planned show is going to go i know i'm going to have to pay attention right so i have not wanted to do much of that so uh i have gone back to what is Currently, my favorite uh, mindless video game to play, mm-hmm. and that's Steep, or maybe Steep X Games. I don't know what it's called technically, uh, but it's just like you can snowboard or ski or 
paraglide or like you have like uh you know you one of those wingsuits where you fly down a mountain and shit mm-hmm. um you can just like do that stuff and yeah. you just wipe out ruthlessly and it like they'll give you the g forces you pull and sometimes it's fun to just go to the top of a mountain and just be like how hard can i kill my guy <laughs> i saw you play that a little bit it's a it's a very like it's fun because you can also like do like tricks like there's like race courses on mountains and like tricks courses on mountains and all that kind of shit but like really it sometimes it's just fun to be like can i spin around eight times before i land and not die the answer is usually no no usually you pull like 150 g's and you hit a sheer rock face (laughs) and then your body just tumbles the the uh the in-universe like uh, physics are, are very I don't think they're realistic because I think your body would stop tumbling faster than sure. they do in the game but the comedic effect of just tumbling like falling for five seconds hitting the ground and then tumbling for 34 seconds is very funny to me <laughs> so I, I've been doing that a lot just to kind of you know boss team is a, a strong phrase but just kind of like kill brain cells um but I, I have not been watching much TV. We could have talked about Loki. Just came out this morning, the yeah, series so finale. Yeah, Maybe next time. Yeah, you've not watched. Uh, but as I've said, spoiler free. Uh, I thought the series was good. I'm excited. Uh, I think. I think it's my favorite of the three Disney Marvel Is that television right? series. Yeah, I didn't. I see. Here's the thing, though, is I I didn't love Falcon and the Winter Soldier. There are parts that I really liked, but I didn't. Fine. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah, I think this is a little bit better than fine. I think it's good. Okay. Um, and I would. So I was one of those people who was big into like the theory crafting of of the WandaVision series. Sure. So I was like, man, I hope Mephisto comes or. And really what got to me was I was 100% sure positive that this was going to introduce that uh, I should say uh, Scarlet Witch was going to introduce uh, uh, the uh, mutants Mm -hmm. into the into the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, And when it became clear that that was not going to happen as someone who grew up a huge fan of the x-men sure yeah we had the cartoon huge fan of the x-men uh animated series um i just want marvel's hands on those toys so fast and they're just like that's not even in their next like four years of planning i know yeah and it makes me so sad yeah because i just want to see gambit with his stupid fucking gloves and and his his stupid accent and his balaclava and okay (sighs) show that what in canon he's gay He's a gay X-Men. Uh, sure. He I, is. I'm just offering you information about Gambit. I, I, you asked, did I know that? No, I did not. Did you know that he's Cajun? Yeah, okay. I got that. Did you know that he's gay? No, the Cajun accent overtook all of his sexual aspects of his character in the cartoon series. It comes up. All right. All right. It didn't come up in the cartoon series. That wasn't on Fox Kids in the 90s. They just, they switched to like the juggernaut. You know, the door closes and it's like... <laughs> Monami. <laughs> <laughs> hey, where are you and Wolverine going? <laughs> it's 
It's just some uh, Fox Kids executive going. Sir, the episode can't be over. There's still four more minutes. Uh, no, I, I did not know that. It does not change the character for me one bit. I just want to see his stupid face in that stupid costume on the big screen. Yeah. Or the small screen, as yeah. the case may be. Yeah. Um, but I just, I want X-Men so bad. So bad. And I want a really short Canadian Wolverine. I want that too. <laughs> I want I want the exact opposite of the last Wolverine that we got. He did a great job doing it, but I want a short, angry Canadian Harry Wolverine. I keep hearing rumors of like a chick Wolverine. The girl who played X23 is great. Mm-hmm. And if it's her, cool. Awesome. I'm here for it. But like, why don't you just do a chick Cyclops? Chick Claps? Yeah. I'm done for that. Uh, yeah, sure. And then Jean Grey's a guy. It's G E N E. No, it's just like a really, like a it's really Jean like, Grey. No, like a dude rogue. <laughs> That's his name, Dude Rogue. <laughs> What's your name, dude? dude. What's dude. your name, sir? Dude Rogue. <laughs> like same hair. It's like a member of Aerosmith. Listen, I'm not against gender equality or representation, but I just want the traditional blue and yellow Wolverine costume with the stupid yeah, facial bring hair. bring back that polyester. Yes. None of that sexy, none of those sexy black uniforms from the 2000s. If you give me one, one male Wolverine in that costume and then immediately kill him off and it's some girl, fine. It could be a girl for 20 fucking years. I'll be there for every single movie. But just one time, you know put him they, in that stupid fucking costume. If they gave that franchise to Taika Waititi, he'd be down. He would do that in a second. Oh my Taika God. Waititi would wear that while he was directing those scenes. Yeah. Like, the my one problem, though, is like the X-Men series that Fox did. Yep. Filled with issues. Whole movies that suck ass. Yep. But man, did they do a really good job of casting like most of those characters. They did, yeah. Yeah. Like, I can't. The casting both, was really good. Both Charles Xavier's are amazing. Yes. Both Magneto's are amazing. Yes. Logan's amazing. Logan's great. The second Sabretooth is great. Yeah. Um, Jean Grey, fine. Uh, Famke Jansen? Yes. Uh, perfectly fine. Uh, Cyclops is such a fucking prick yeah. in the first couple movies. Perfect. Because <laughs> yeah, Cyclops just, is such a bitch. You, anyway. you just root against him. Yeah. Fuck Cyclops. Uh, even though they did nothing with Storm, I mean, that Halle Berry Halle is perfect good. in the role. Yeah. As soon as they stopped giving her stupid lines, like, do you know what happens to a frog when it's struck by lightning? The same thing that happens to everything <laughs> else. It's like, yeah. That's not that's not a one liner. That's just stupid. We should watch Batman and Robin for, for lines like that. Holy rusted metal, Batman. I uh, still need to. <laughs> uh, Joel's, uh, I heard this theory, on, and I have to give credit to uh, someone on the latest Fat Man Beyond podcast with Kevin Smith. Mm-hmm. But they said that, uh, have you heard the theory where the first two Batman movies with uh, Michael Keaton uh, are the real Batman? And then he sold his life rights and the 
two Joel Schumacher Batman movies, or is it three? Is it two or three? Uh, I think it's two. Three. No, it's two. It's it's two. Batman Forever and then Batman and Robin, and then they decided to reboot after Batman and Robin. So those two films are in universe the Batman movies that were made about the actual Batman who is Michael Keaton. That's fair enough. <laughs> will will that be? Yeah, that's pretty funny. It makes no fucking sense, but it's pre- it's like a way to justify how ridiculously campy those like Mike, get. Michael Keaton shows up as old Batman, right? And uh... uh, he will be showing up in Flashpoint, I oh, think. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, that's at least that's the rumor. Everybody's going for a multiverse. Spider Verse started it, and now Marvel's going into the multiverse hard, yeah. and and. Obviously, Warner Brothers has no idea what they're doing. So they're just like, oh, these eight different movies. It's a multiverse. Yeah. So we'll see. All right, Mike. Well, that just about does it for this episode of Subject to Blackout. For those of you listening and watching along uh, uh, on this inaugural streaming session, hopefully the audio is all right. Uh, If not, you can always head over to subjecttoblackout.com. Reach out to us, complain about the audio quality or the fact that the mic is shaking ridiculously because Mike just kicked my extremely flimsy coffee table. Uh, you can reach out to us there on all of our socials, including Instagram, Patreon, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube. You can also feel free to rate, review, and subscribe on any of those. And lastly, you can find Mike on Instagram and Twitter at Podcast. And Mike, I want to thank you for joining me this evening. Cheers, Tim. All right, have a good one.